Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. In order to support this show and keep providing you tons of free content week after week, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash she and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better so that we can bring on advertisers that you won't want to skip through. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. But again, that's P-O-D s-u-r-v-e-y dot com slash she thanks for your help everything got so much lighter and the first thing i noticed was my relation my kids relationships with each other like it was like less overstimulation less toys more play which is like that paradox and it was so so cool to see and the second thing i noticed was my relationship with myself i felt lighter i felt freer i felt like i had done something to take care of myself and give myself space and then out of that my relationship shifted with my husband because I wasn't stretched so thin. I wasn't demanding so much of myself and purposely creating an environment that was demanding so much of me. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Allie, welcome back to She. Hi, thank you so much. It's so fun. I like doing second interviews because it's like, you're just vibing more and it's kind of like we already touched on like the intro basics, making like kind of dive deeper. It's true. You guys, if you are a new listener to the show or if you didn't catch the first episode that Allie did with me, I think it was like one of the first 20 episodes of the show. It was all about decluttering and simplifying your life. And we're going to dive into that a little bit more today and just take it to the next level. I'm really excited. But for those who may have not heard that first episode or, you know, just don't know who you are, can you just give us a quick rundown of who you are and why you, you know, I know you spend a lot of time talking about simplifying and minimalism and you've shared a lot about how you felt completely depleted as a mom, constantly spending time doing dishes, laundry, cleaning, all the things. So can you tell us Mm -hmm. about that time in your life and how that led you to really focus on minimalism? Yeah, for sure. So my whole business and everything that I do online for women comes from my own struggle. And at the time of my life where all of this really began, it was like, Nine years ago, I had, I have four kids now. I had three little babies, toddlers at the time. And so like minimalism wasn't really a thing. Like there weren't like books and documentaries and like a trend, like there was none of that. So I didn't, I guess it just is such a gift that we have that now because it's like really trendy and everyone knows about it and has at least like tried it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's good because people need people need simplicity, but they just need like different methods to like grab onto what works for them and like have at it. But for me, like I just, it was at this time in my life where it was so overwhelming already. And I was like, absolutely depressed. I woke up every morning just feeling like, 
I'm, I'm filled with dread and I'm tired and I haven't even like put my feet on the ground yet. Like this is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in this season two, where it was like, this is what I wanted. Like I wanted to, I've known my husband since like junior high. Like I, I knew I wanted to marry him. I wanted to have kids with him and live this life, but I was so detached from my true self. I was running all day, every day and like just really struggling. And so I had this moment where on a really bad day where I just was like, you know what? I am seeing myself almost from like an aerial perspective today. And all I am doing is reacting, reacting to my life, reacting to the mess, reacting to my house, reacting to my mood, reacting to the kids, like reacting at them. Like I'm not the mom I want to be. I don't even know who I am as a woman anymore. And that is so stereotypical mom life too, which we can talk about because it really, that is like my passion to just dismantle that whole thing. But I was, I was stuck in that cycle and I was being told by like women everywhere, like friends, family, women in the church, like all around me that this is it. Like, yeah, it's like so hard, but you'll just like get through it. And then like, you know, just wait till they're teenagers. Like it gets even harder, but you know, just like car pay all the DMs. Cause it goes by so fast. Like just this like conflicting message. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's hopeless. Yeah. So I, I really, I, I was getting all that messaging and saw myself reacting to my life instead of living it and cleaning up after it instead of living it. And I just, I just had had enough of the standards on women, the standards for me, the expectations that I put on myself and that others around me were putting on me because I was a mom and because I was a stay at home mom at the time too, which is, which is even harder expectations. And, um, I just had had enough. And so I saw myself reacting to all these things and just had this moment where it was like, well, what if this was all just gone and I didn't have so much to maintain and I could just focus on what actually matters. And I tried it. I started with my physical space just because it felt the most like obvious and right in front of me. And I mean, that sent me on a journey and ended up becoming this method that I've developed over the last six years or so for women to simplify their lives, eliminate the excess, declutter physically and metaphorically their calendars, their schedules, their inner being, like everything just becoming lighter because we put so much on our plates that just doesn't need to be there. And it's like unnecessary difficulty in life that's already hard enough as it is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And I think we do that regardless of what season we're in, but then you add in the the chaos of a partner or Mm -hmm. children or both. And it's like, well, now you're not only managing your own stuff, but then you're managing so many other people's stuff and needs and schedules and everything else. So, I mean, I think so many people resonate. I resonate in my own ways with what you're sharing. And it's just, I think what you're doing is, and what you have done is so powerful, but I also would love to tackle maybe a myth around minimalism, because I think when a lot of people hear that, they think about white walls and, you know, Mm -hmm. empty rooms and, or they think that it equals small, like minimum, you minimalism means minimum. Like it's, it's small, it's mm-hmm. like getting to having, you know, two pairs of socks, like and nothing else. So what does minimalism look like to you? And what does it look like when it's lived out? I'd love to just set the foundation. there. Yeah, absolutely. This is why I think that the first line in my book is, I don't care about minimalism or something mm-hmm. like that. Because it just is like, if we need to ditch, I don't even like that word, it's it become a trend. And so when something becomes a trend, it kind of starts to 
become its own entity with all these like assumptions and stereotypes wrapped around it. So call it whatever you need to do. But for me, minimalism is about not having as little as I is humanly possible because that sucks. Like that's not fun. And then, and then I think too, you're attaching your obsession with your stuff from consumerism and it's all too much and it's taking over and it's taking all your time and energy to the other side where you're obsessing over how little you have and if you should shop for jeans today and how many is too many and who's how many books am I allowed to have based on this leader I follow like it's it's just again you're consumed by your things Mm -hmm. so for me it's about what is intentional simplicity for me based on who I am, my personality, the climate I live in, what kind of clothes I need, my personality. Do I like fashion? Am I super simple? Do I cook a lot in the kitchen? Need lots of different things? Do I hate cooking and just need bare minimum? Like, who are you in each room? How can you align your space to support you? Uh, Marshall Goldsmith says, if you do not create and control your environment, your environment creates and controls you. And this is about that. This is about You're paying, most people listening probably pay the biggest chunk of their budget to where they live, whether that's a rent or a mortgage. And do you even like it? Like, is it even supporting you? Is it working with you or is it working against you? And so for me, minimalism and simplicity and all of it is about taking ownership of my space and using it as a tool to like boss up in my life and make time and space for what I actually care about and not having to maintain all the time or spend my nights and weekends catching up because we got to live in a clean space and we got to have dishes to eat off of and clothes to wear. Like I want to automate, delegate, simplify and have my space supporting the life I want to live, not stealing from it. Yeah. And I would argue that probably even extends to things beyond your space, like your schedule and your commitment mm-hmm. and so many other things like I mean, I, I've been on my own journey to simplification over the last year. And even what you just said about the mortgage and the budget and all of those things, you know, I, a lot of my community knows that about it, I don't know, six or eight months ago now, um, we chose to move, not because we weren't happy where we were. Well, we weren't, we were overwhelmed where we were, right? We loved our little home, mm-hmm. but we had three acres and it was an older home and there was constant repairs and renovations. And I was like, I'm spending so much time maintaining this land and doing bathroom renovations and fixing things that break that I am not living my life. Like I am so overwhelmed by it. And so we chose to mm-hmm. literally get rid of the whole thing. And it was hard because it was like our dream house. We had all these plans. We were going to, you know, paint it white and put a front porch on it and renovate the kitchen and like make it our forever dream home because we had the space to do it. And it just started to feel like more of a weight on our chest than something that was really helping us and enabling the life that we wanted to build. And it was so shocking Mm -hmm. to realize that. But once we released it and let it go and moved and just said, we're going to simplify our lives and have less land to maintain and like a newer home with less to, you know, fix. It was crazy how much my stress levels alleviated, how much I started to have margin for things that like I really wanted to spend time doing like meeting with Mm -hmm. my mentor and like you know those different things that I think when you're overburdened by the things in your space or the things in your schedule that are just cluttering up your life you aren't able to really do and and be present for whether it's your family or your relationships or both and that was kind of what I want to talk about next is relationships when it comes to this what does minimalism or what can it look like specifically in the context of marriage and motherhood how does it you know help us be more present in those relationships how can we do it well in the context of those things yeah such a good question so 
I'm going to go back to the story that I was telling like before about my, my life and my kids and all this, because it ties in so perfectly to the relationship aspect. And I never expected that to be like a side effect of what I had done. And it was so beautiful, like how that shifted. So at the time that I was talking about when I was super overwhelmed, like, of course that branched out to my relationships. My kids were like really little, but I was not happy with how I was being with them. I felt like I think the word that comes up for me is like, I felt chronically disappointed in the kind of mom I was being. And I couldn't, I couldn't fix it because I was stretched so thin. Like you can't work on your inner self when you're running the clock, like every day, you know? And then in my, in my marriage, I felt very resentful. Like my husband, Brian is the sweetest, most supportive human on the planet. And he would like come home from work at the end of the day and be like excited to spend time with me. And I would be too. But instead of that, what would come out of me was like, are you seriously going to sit down? Like, can't you help me? I literally have been doing this all like I was just so not myself. I was so angry and burdened and tired. And I didn't know I didn't have the tools to like almost like I couldn't emotionally regulate myself because I was just not taking care of myself. So I would project like all the inners ish just onto him when he would come home. And so when I started simplifying my space and I got everything out, like I removed the excess, I declared, we talked about that in the other episode. Like I did that whole thing and everything got so much lighter. And the first thing I noticed was my relation, my kids relationships with each other. Like it was like less overstimulation, less toys, more play, which is like that paradox. And it was so, so cool to see. And the second thing I noticed was my relationship with myself. I felt lighter. I felt freer. I felt like I had done something to take care of myself and give myself space. And then out of that, my relationship shifted with my husband because I wasn't stretched so thin. I wasn't demanding so much of myself and purposely creating an environment that was demanding so much of me. So I felt like, Oh, like we can sit down and watch the office tonight. Like I, I made dinner and it, and it felt good. It didn't feel like I had to force it or I was choosing to make dinner while the rest of the house is a disaster. And then like, I started to blog and I started to like find my passion and that turned into my business. So simplicity changed my marriage. It saved my relationships. And it really like, it taught me how to honor myself because I was honoring my space. Wow. Yeah, that's so good. I love how you say like to create a space that supports what's most important to you and then honors yourself and honors those that are in your life. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that mindset shift is so key because even what you were touching on earlier, just about how there was almost this like culture of, well, that's just the way it is. It just sucks, you know, and I think, yeah, like, obviously, there are aspects to anything that we do, even when everything's simplified, that will be hard. But I think the Mm -hmm. the settling for like, oh, I just shouldn't aim for better. I shouldn't aim for something that feels good, that feels life-giving, that is that is fruitful and productive and fulfilling. Like, I, I think that's sometimes the mindset we get trapped in. And it's cool and, and honestly really encouraging. And I, I've experienced in my own life, like how making a change, sometimes it seems drastic, right? Like getting rid of a bunch of stuff that you were holding on to or up and moving from your home or all of the above, like any, whatever drastic change that you feel like you need to make it's almost like there's this freedom that comes with it. And that was actually something I wanted to kind of dig into next is 
Why do you think that decluttering and the practice of minimalism and simplicity can give us so much more freedom? Like, how did it impact your overall feeling of joy? You started to touch on that, and I kind of wanted to dig more into that to encourage someone who may be a little overwhelmed by the idea of figuring out what this looks like in their own life. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, there's like so many layers to this, and we can dive into like whatever you want to. But the first thing that comes up for me when you ask that is, Life is already crazy. Like motherhood, life, all of it. It is so, it is so hard. I'm not here to to be like, oh, like, let's just make it super easy and rainbows and unicorns. Like it is all consuming. You're never not being a human. You're always on. You're always, and like you're a business owner. You're always thinking, you're always planning. You're always kind of working in your mind. Like, and then like being a mom is the same thing. Like you're just always on. And that is very consuming and draining and difficult. So Mm -hmm. it's not about making it perfect, but it is about if life is already like that, and there's already like a lot of demands It's about simplifying the things we can simplify that we have control over and not making things even more difficult unnecessarily for ourselves. So it's like almost like the whole like, uh, what can I control? And I will go all in on that. And then that way I have, I have space to respond instead of like reacting at the things in life that do come up. Like when it does hit the fan and it just feels like explosive mess or like you have a really bad day or you go through like a really crazy survival mode season. Or like you said, you decide to move even, I bet you like, even as you made that decision to simplify and to move that the move itself was anything but simple. Mm -hmm. So in a season of overwhelm, you cause more overwhelm initially to get to the simple, the simple part. So it's like, and when life is happening or you're going through a divorce or you're, you're having a really hard pregnancy or whatever is happening, like this is about creating space for you to be a person, for you to handle those things as the, like the version of yourself you want to be. But if you are already like stretched so thin, you're constantly behind on stupid things that don't even matter, like the laundry and the dishes, these things just need to get done. They shouldn't be the main part of your week. If you're already stretched thin by the mundane, then the juice of life, the main reason you're here is going to be an inconvenience. And that is an imbalance. That's not healthy. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I think that that's probably the biggest hang up for so many. I mean, you said it so perfectly, like in the, in the pursuit to simple, to simpler living, right? In the pursuit to simplicity, in the, in the pursuit of where you want to get to that simpler, freer life that's lighter and has more space. There's usually this like, wait, I've got to overwhelm myself more to make the changes I want to make to get to where I want to go. And I think even just being prepared mm-hmm. with that mindset is actually really helpful. I mean, you just put words to, I think, the subconscious thoughts that most people have. Like, that sounds great, but getting there sounds hard, right? And so I do think right. that, that it, it makes it make sense. But it's almost like it's like running a race. Like, the running part's going to be hard, but the, the, crossing the finish line is going to be rewarding, right? And I think that's just something to keep in mind if you're going to consider some of these own, these changes in your own life. I want you to imagine something for a minute. I want you to imagine over 100,000 Americans losing their jobs. Okay, you can stop imagining because it's a reality. Since 2015, over 100,000 independent farms and ranches in the U.S. have shut down. Why? Because foreign meat is stealing their business and robbing you of the quality you deserve. 
But that's why Good Ranchers is here. Good Ranchers exists to support local American farms and help you make great American meals. Together, they want to restore the American ranch and your meals to their former glory. Get the beef, chicken, and seafood that can't be imported or matched at GoodRanchers.com. You know, supporting local farms and buying food, sourcing meat, produce, et cetera, from local farmers markets and local ranches and farms has become something that Matt and I really value. The more that we learn about the struggle so many American farms and ranches are facing, and the more that we understand the value of knowing where your food is coming from, the more this has really become a value in our household and something we prioritize when purchasing food. And that's what I really love about Good Ranchers. We started using this uh, not too long ago, and I wish I would have learned about it earlier. Um, it's just, I, I love their mission to support American farms. And I love the quality that they provide. Because here's the thing, the product of the USA tag has actually been a little bit manipulated. If a, if a foreign country processes their meat here, even if that meat wasn't raised here in the US, it can be labeled like it came from the US. It can say product of the USA. So because of these labeling laws that favor foreign imported meat, that's why over 100,000 independent American farms and ranches have closed since 2015. So if this is a mission you want to get behind and you want to start supporting local farmers and maybe you don't really know where to start doing that, maybe you don't know of a good local farm in your state or anywhere that's easily accessible to you, this is a great option. You can go to goodranchers.com slash Jordan right now to get 10 free bistro fillets. And in addition, you can subscribe. If you subscribe, you're going to save $25 off each subscription box of mouthwatering American meats for life. Okay. These boxes will show up right on schedule, right to your door. So you can get 10 free bistro fillets, which is a hundred dollar value, free express shipping, and a $25 coupon or $25 off your monthly subscription for life at goodranchers.com slash Jordan. Just go to goodranchers.com slash Jordan or use the code Jordan at checkout. That's 10 free bistro fillets, express free shipping, and $25 off your monthly subscription for life at goodranchers.com slash Jordan. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. 
Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for- one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. I want to just kind of dig into a couple other things. How can we as someone's listening and they might be curious about this or feeling like, oh my gosh, I really need to do this. How can we audit our daily life to see if our schedule lines up with what we say we, our priorities are? This is something I really feel passionate about. Like I think we can list our priorities and not actually live them. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think this is really necessary when talking about simplification and all of that. How can we audit our life to see if our schedules line up with what we say our priorities are? And if we find that they don't match up, what would you say are some steps we can take to improve that? Yeah, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. My my favorite thing to do when I feel like sometimes I just am so I'm too close to it because it's me and it's my life mm-hmm. and I feel overwhelmed, but I don't really know where it's coming from. And so and usually like wherever you are like like we talked about projecting a few minutes ago, wherever you're like projecting out onto other people, you're saying like, that's overwhelming. Like you're overwhelming me. It's usually not actually that it's usually something else, but that's just where your anger and frustration came out at. So my favorite practice to figure out like what's the root and what's not aligning is to just leave a journal out on my desk or my counter or wherever I'm hanging out that day. You can use a note in your phone, whatever, and just, take note of everything that you did that day Hmm. and everything like a very average day. What is going on? And then look at that and look at your priority list. And obviously like every day, you're not going to be like, today I just like brushed my daughter's hair and listened to all of her problems. And then I like played with my son and like spent time with that. Obviously not. But if this is your average day and it's not feeling good, look at it on paper. What can shift? Like, even going through, like looking at the paper and seeing, okay, this is the block of time that I was at work. How do you feel in your body when you look at that piece of paper and you remember that you were at work that day? What comes up when you think about the office you go to or the business you're running? Like, I feel like our bodies are very responsive and they talk to us. If your stomach is in a knot, just thinking about work yesterday, mm-hmm. there's something, there's something there. Yeah. Same with your relationships. Like, I, so I, I guess my answer is, It's like the journaling art of becoming aware of how you actually feel about what you're doing day to day. And if it's not aligned, then this is where like, I call it being an action taking problem solving woman. Mm -hmm. Like instead of being like, well, I have to work. Well, I can't control my relationship because I'm only half of it. Well, I, I can't eat healthy and I feel like crap because I have a budget, like whatever the excuses are, look at it and instead come above it. Stop giving up your power and stop giving up your ownership of your life and your choices. And instead be in this positive place of 
everything that I'm experiencing right now, I had a hand in. So I'm going to use that power of that and I'm going to shift this on its head. I will brainstorm ways to better my relationship. I'll brainstorm ways to make work a better environment for myself. I will speak my truth. I will put down boundaries. I will start to say no. Like whatever needs to happen, this is how you get past the environment part of simplifying and into like the lifestyle of simplifying and living a life that is truly aligned with who you want to be. So good. I feel like I've had to learn these hard lessons over the last year or so of my life. And I would would be curious if this is, if this is something you connect with, because it sounds like even just based off of the start of your story, when we first kicked this off, do you feel like the courage to do that usually comes out of hardship or something that is really not sitting right with you? Because I feel like usually that's like the, the trigger that will often motivate us to say like, okay, I have to make a change. Like we can sit there for so long until something really disrupts us or really starts to feel uh, just doesn't sit with us. And it's a really hard thing. I don't know why that mm-hmm. is. Like, I, I wish that it was like, we can be in a great season and just start to continue like, and, and create these skills or learn how to do these things, how to set the boundaries, how to, you know, do these different things that feel more in alignment for us. But I found that at least in my own life, and I often see this, I, I think I've, I've observed this with friends too. It almost seems like it's usually when something's really disruptive or really frustrating or really like miserable that we finally like click into gear. Did you experience that in your own life? Do you see that in women a lot or am I just kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It's like, it's like there's something going on internally that like almost physically manifests in like the external and the external thing is what you notice. And when you notice it, you're like, like for me, and I think for you too, because I know we were texting about this recently, like health stuff was my big, like, well, shoot, like my body isn't even functioning. Okay. Like I am so stressed out. So I think that when you notice the external problem, it kind of gets your attention and calls you to look at what's going on within and like having to deal with your own inner stuff. But I also have found like in the last year for me, I've been prioritizing stillness because it's like the hardest thing in the world for me. And I've been, as I've been prioritizing that happens less and less, I will begin to like just become aware of something that isn't sitting right with me. And it hasn't shown up in like, my reality. It hasn't become like a health crisis or a marriage crisis. Like I start to notice that I'm just a little off sooner. So I think that's why, like, I just think the power of awareness is so huge. And if you can become aware of something, even if it is kind of feeling too late, like it is in the external, it is showing up in your body or wherever it is, at least you became aware. And if we can train ourselves to focus on what we're aware of, then I think we can start to do it earlier and earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Really good. Okay. I want to talk about time sucks because we're kind of on this conversation around schedule and all of those things. But what about some of those things that you really can't avoid in your life? Like say laundry and dishes and things like that. What can we do to spend mm-hmm. less time on those things and more time with our people present in our relationships, or at least somehow, you know, maybe that looks like including them in that. But I think those are big time sucks, but we also really can't get around them in most cases. So I'd be curious what your advice is on that. Yeah, totally. Unless you're in a place where you can like hire someone to do everything for you. Like, and even then, like you still have to give direction. You still have to like, it's still. So when it comes to this stuff, like this is where I like to get super, super practical and like take a look at what's going on. So we start with you're always going to have less to do if you have less stuff. There's always going to be the case. You may like 
switch from doing laundry like once a week and like you have to do it all friggin' day because you have so many clothes. You may switch to doing like a small load every morning or like some like you may do things more often, but you're still going to be saving like literal hours by having less stuff. So removing like most people have four sets of dishes in their house and you really only need one. Remove the extra dishes. Stop because if you if you have them a big deal. I just I don't mean to interrupt you, but I was just thinking I I literally threw out so many you're not throughout, but like donated so many dishes and we have literally one set of four because and we have a couple extra yeah. in our pantry in case we have guests, but they stay there and yeah. I don't do them every day because I'm like, I don't want to wash more than two or four, two to four plates. Like that's plenty. Yeah. That's so good. Okay, yeah, continue, for continue. sure. I just had to say like, it uh, and it's like, it totally does. And it's like, it makes sense because humans always opt for the path of least resistance. Like we're lazy by nature. So when we, when we go, when someone in your house needs to get a snack, they're going to pull a clean plate from the cabinet, even if they just used one from lunch and they could have just rinsed it off and put their blueberries on the same plate. Like no one's going to do that unless you create the environment. Like remember, this is going back to creating and controlling your environment. So it's like little life hacks like that. And then with the laundry, same thing, like declutter it get rid of what you're not wearing because your kids yourself you're gonna pull it out you're gonna keep wearing you're gonna create more laundry when it didn't need to be that way so creating less first and then like another level of the method that I've developed is like about setting up rhythms and anchors so creating rhythms where like rhythms are the things that have to get done for things to function so it's not like uh, you know, it's not like extra things like getting your nails done just because you like it. Like it's like laundry dishes, like the things that have to get done to function. Mm-hmm. So you take, you take those rhythms and you attach them to an anchor in the day. So for example, for me, every night when I'm getting my kids in bed, I start a load of laundry every morning. When I wake up, I switch the load of laundry. So the anchor is kids bedtime and me waking up. The events are the laundry. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. So like, you're almost like delegating to yourself and like automating yourself. Like, cause it has to be you. There's not like a robot that's going to do the laundry for us yet. Right. <laughs> so it's like automating that, simplifying that having less to do means having less to do. And then when you still do have leftover things that you, you're still going to have to do it though, but you might be doing less of it, but you still have to do it. Getting that automated, like it, it's these these details and looking at your life, noticing the gaps in your home of where it's not serving you. And there's a chapter in the book where I talk about like how to scan your house for like gaps and how to bridge them. And like, you'll literally like walk away from that chapter alone with a buttload of extra time. And it's awesome. But things like that, like getting super stretched, like strategical and practical and looking at the holes and how you're, how you've just always done things and saving yourself so much time, so much stress. And then the side effect of that is you'll basically end up with a house that is kind of in a sense running itself. Your brain is doing way less thinking, way less work. You're not reacting to the mess. You're setting things up to where there really can't be a giant mess anymore because you've simplified and automated so much. It just runs on its own. And then if you do get hit with the flu in your house or something, or you go on vacation and you come back and it feels really chaotic. It's just that one instance. You're not living in that place anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I I want to read that chapter. I'm really excited. <laughs> I I, wanna, I I mean seriously though, it's like I I think when we are talking about this and even just the the word that you chose like to scan or or to audit, like I think we can we mm-hmm. forget that like that's not just something you would do if you were reading a book or if you were making a work decision, but it's also something you should do 
in your daily life, when it comes to your schedule, when it comes to your space, when it comes to your commitments, when it comes to your chores or whatever it is that you have to do, those things that are maybe unavoidable, it's just auditing and really considering like, how can I be more strategic with this? How can I be more intentional with this, honestly, so that it frees up the time yeah. that I want to have. So I do really love that. I'm excited to see how that chapter changes so many people's lives. I'm sure that it will. I have one last question that kind of speaks to a different space that we haven't dug into yet. And that is digital, sure. the digital space. Cause I think our phones and social media are a huge distraction, just like a lot of stuff or excess, you know, to do's are. And so I'd love if you can mm -hmm. share how devices or social media fit into this whole idea of minimalism. Are there things we can be doing to declutter our lives digitally too? Yeah, I think there's two sides of this. The first side is like digital clutter, meaning like all the photos and screenshots and like paperwork that you did, all of that. Like truth be told, that is such a side note. Declutter your life, your home, do everything else first, because it's actually not really affecting you that much. Like that, that is like the last thing. I want to focus more on the other side of tech clutter. And that is just like the devices themselves and what a time suck they are and how I feel like people complain so much about social media. And, you know, it's not social media. It's how you're using it. You could use Instagram to be like a self-improvement machine if you wanted to, if you follow the right people and you set it up, you play the algorithm a little bit and you get things in your face when you open the app that are making you better and helping you. There's apps to limit the time on social media. There, you know, there's also self-discipline and like right. just how do you want to live? What are your priorities? I think just looking again, like it's all about awareness. How do you feel when you are on your devices and you're spending time on the apps, the people that you're following, like what's going on inside of you that you're reacting? What's your, what, what is your perception of these apps and perception of these people you're following and time you're spending? What is that doing to you? And is it like, I always tell my kids, is this a helpful habit or a hurtful habit? Do you feel better? Do you feel worse? Do you feel lazier? Do you feel fatigued? Do you feel depressed? Do you feel uplifted? Like just noticing that because I don't think that social media is inherently bad or that technology is inherently bad. I actually think it's all inherently good. It's really helpful, but we can create toxicity with those things and how we're spending our time. So I think for women, especially the women I work with, the biggest thing is like using tech to avoid and bringing in like mental and emotional clutter from overstimulating yourself by avoiding all there is to do. Mm -hmm. But if you have less to do and you're enjoying your life more, you're going to need to avoid less and less. So it's almost like all the clutter, all the heaviness is connected. And when you simplify one part, it kind of naturally stems over into everything else. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Okay, that's really good. And I, I do agree because I think sometimes when we think about simplifying or decluttering our digital lives, exactly like you said, like, oh, I need to get rid of extra pictures on my camera roll. And, and you, it makes complete sense. It's like, why would that? That doesn't really... I don't think that weighs you down as much as actually the time suck and the spending and the avoidance mm -hmm. on it. So I really like the differentiation of that. That's really good. Okay. I could ask you a thousand more questions, but this has been so powerful. And I would love if you can share a about your book, tell us what it's called, where to get it. And also where everyone can learn more from you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the book is called declutter like a mother. I am so excited about it. It's got like so much heart and so much perspective shifting for women in this book. And then we lay that foundation and we get really intentional and we go like super, super practical. And that's where it's like, what to actually do? Like, how do I actually simplify? And like, what does that look like? And the best part about the book and my method is that it's like, 
there's, you're not going to find rules. You're not going to find like, this is how many of this you should keep. I'm going to teach you how to make this relative for you, because if it's not relative to who you are and how you live, like, how would I, who am I to tell you what to keep and what to have? Like, it's, it's about you and you can get it everywhere. Books are sold, Amazon, Target, everywhere. And, um, yeah, I would love to connect with you guys on Instagram too. If you just search Ali Casaza, it's a really great place to, to get uplifted and bring some more positivity into your social media. That's, that's my goal there. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I'm excited about this book. You guys go grab a copy. It's going to bless your life so much. Give Ali a follow. Ali, thanks so much for your time, for everything that you've shared with us. It's truly a gift. I hope that everyone, and I know that everyone will walk away feeling so encouraged and so empowered to take the first steps they need to take to simplify and really create the life they want to live. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. (laughs) 